Section 7 of Elia and the Last Essays of Elia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. Elia and the Last Essays of Elia by Charles Lamb. A chapter on ears. I have no ear. Mistake me not, reader, nor imagine that I am by nature destitute of those exterior twin appendages, hanging ornaments, and, architecturally speaking, handsome volutes to the human capital. Better my mother had never borne me. I am, I think, rather delicately than copiously provided with those conduits, and I feel no disposition to envy the mule for his plenty, or the mole for her exactness in those ingenious labyrinthine inlets those indispensable side intelligences neither have i incurred or done anything to incur with defoe that hideous disfigurement which constrained him to draw upon assurance to feel quite unabashed and at ease upon that article i was never i thank my stars in the pillory nor if i read them aright is it within the compass of my destiny that I ever should be? When, therefore, I say that I have no ear, you will understand me to mean for music. To say that this heart never melted at the concourse of sweet sounds would be a foul self-libel. Water parted from the sea never fails to move it strangely, so does in infancy but they were used to be sung at her harpsichord the old-fashioned instrument in vogue in those days by a gentlewoman the gentlest sure that ever merited the appellation the sweetest why should i hesitate to name mrs s once the blooming fanny wetherell of the temple who had the power to thrill the soul of elia small imp as he was even in his long coats and to make him glow tremble and blush with a passion that not faintly indicated the dayspring of that absorbing sentiment which was afterwards destined to overwhelm and subdue his nature quite for alice w n i even think that sentimentally i am disposed to harmony but organically i am incapable of a tune i have been practising god save the king all my life whistling and humming of it over to myself in solitary corners and am not yet arrived they tell me within many quavers of it yet hath the loyalty of elia never been impeached i am not without suspicion that i have an undeveloped faculty of music within me for thrumming in my wild way on my friend a's piano the other morning while he was engaged in an adjoining parlour on his return he was pleased to say he thought it could not be the maid on his first surprise at hearing the keys touched in somewhat an airy and masterful way not dreaming of me his suspicions had lighted on jenny but a grace snatched from a superior refinement soon convinced him that some being technically perhaps deficient 
but higher informed from a principle common to all the fine arts had swayed the keys to a mood which jenny with all her less cultivated enthusiasm could never have elicited from them i mention this as a proof of my friend's penetration and not with any view of disparaging jenny scientifically i could never be made to understand yet have i taken some pains what a note in music is or how one note should differ from another much less in voices can i distinguish a soprano from a tenor only sometimes the thorough bass i contrive to guess at from its being supereminently harsh and disagreeable i tremble however for my misapplication of the simplest terms of that which i disclaim while i profess my ignorance i scarce know what to say i am ignorant of i hate perhaps by misnomers sustenuto and adagio stand in the like relation of obscurity to me and sol fa mi re is as conjuring as baralipton it is hard to stand alone in an age like this constituted to the quick and critical perception of all harmonious combinations i verily believe beyond all preceding ages since eubal stumbled upon the gamut to remain as it were singly unimpressible to the magic influences of an art which is said to have such an especial stroke at soothing elevating and refining the passions yet rather than break the candid current of my confessions i must avow to you that i have received a great deal more pain than pleasure from this so cried-up faculty i am constitutionally susceptible of noises a carpenter's hammer in a warm summer noon will fret me into more than midsummer madness but those unconnected unset sounds are nothing to the measured malice of music the ear is passive to those single strokes willingly enduring stripes while it hath no task to con to music it cannot be passive it will strive mine at least will spite of its inaptitude to thrid the maze like an unskilled eye painfully poring upon hieroglyphics i have sat through an italian opera till for sheer pain and inexplicable anguish i have rushed out into the noisiest places of the crowded streets to solace myself with sounds which i was not obliged to follow and get rid of the distracting torment of endless fruitless barren attention i take refuge in the unpretending assemblage of honest common life sounds and the purgatory of the enraged musician becomes my paradise i have sat at an oratorio that profanation of the purposes of the cheerful playhouse watching the faces of the auditory in the pit what a contrast to hogarth's laughing audience immovable or affecting some faint emotion till as some have said that our occupations in the next world will be but a shadow of what delighted us in this i have imagined myself in some cold theatre in hades where some of the forms of the earthly one should be kept up with none of the enjoyment or like that party in a parlour all silent and all damned above all those insufferable concertos and pieces of music as they are called 
do plague and embitter my apprehension words are something but to be exposed to an endless battery of mere sounds to be long a-dying to lie stretched upon a rack of roses to keep up languor by unintermitted effort to pile honey upon sugar and sugar upon honey to an interminable tedious sweetness to fill up sound with feeling and strain ideas to keep pace with it to gaze on empty frames and be forced to make the pictures for yourself to read a book all stops and be obliged to supply the verbal matter to invent extempore tragedies to answer to the vague gestures of an inexplicable rambling mime these are faint shadows of what i have undergone from a series of the ablest executed pieces of this empty instrumental music i deny not that in the opening of a concert i have experienced something vastly lulling and agreeable afterwards followeth the languor and the oppression like that disappointing book in patmos or like the comings on of melancholy described by burton doth music make her first insinuating approaches Quote, most pleasant it is to such as are melancholy given to walk alone in some solitary grove betwixt wood and water by some brookside and to meditate upon some delightsome and pleasant subject which shall affect him most amabilis insania and mentis gratissimus error a most incomparable delight to build castles in the air to go smiling to themselves acting an infinite variety of parts which they suppose and strongly imagine they act or that they see done so delightsome these toys at first they could spend whole days and nights without sleep even whole years in such contemplations and fantastical meditations which are like so many dreams and will hardly be drawn from them winding and unwinding themselves as so many clocks and still pleasing their humours until at last the scene turns upon a sudden and they being now habited to such meditations and solitary places can endure no company can think of nothing but harsh and distasteful subjects fear sorrow suspicion subrusticus pudor discontent cares and weariness of life surprise them on a sudden and they can think of nothing else continually suspecting no sooner are their eyes open but this infernal plague of melancholy seizeth on them and terrifies their souls representing some dismal object to their minds which now by no means no labour no persuasions they can avoid they cannot be rid of it they cannot resist End quote something like this scene-turning i have experienced at the evening parties at the house of my good catholic friend nov who by the aid of a capital organ himself the most finished of players converts his drawing-room into a chapel his weekdays into sundays and these latter into minor heavens footnote i have been there and still would go tis like a little heaven below dr watts End footnote. 
when my friend commences upon one of these solemn anthems which peradventure struck upon my heedless ear rambling in the side aisles of the dim abbey some five-and-thirty years since waking a new sense and putting a soul of old religion into my young apprehension whether it be that in which the psalmist weary of the persecutions of bad men wisheth to himself dove's wings or that other which with a like measure of sobriety and pathos inquireth by what means a young man shall best cleanse his mind a holy calm pervadeth me i am for the time wrapped above earth and possess joys not promised at my birth but when this master of the spell not content to have laid a soul prostrate goes on in his power to inflict more bliss than lies in her capacity to receive impatient to overcome her earthly with his heavenly still pouring in for protracted hours fresh waves and fresh from the sea of sound or from that inexhausted german ocean above which in triumphant progress dolphins seated ride those aerions haydn and mozart with their attendant tritons bach beethoven and a countless tribe whom to attempt to reckon up would but plunge me again in the deeps i stagger under the weight of harmony reeling to and fro at my wit's end clouds as of frankincense oppress me priests altars censers dazzle before me the genius of his religion hath me in her toils a shadowy triple tiara invests the brow of my friend late so naked so ingenious he is pope and by him sits like as in the anomaly of dreams a she-pope too tricoroneted like himself i am converted and yet a protestant at once malleus hereticorum and myself grand heresiarch or three heresies centre in my person i am marcion ebion and Carinthus, gog and magog why not till the coming in of the friendly supper-trays dissipates the figment and a draught of true lutheran beer in which chiefly my friend shows himself no bigot at once reconciles me to the rationalities of a purer faith and restores to me the genuine unterrifying aspects of my pleasant countenanced host and hostess End of section 7